if you're a Star Wars fan, you've seen a Star Wars movie in theaters, most likely. You know that feeling. You're sitting in the theater, the Lucasfilm logo comes up, you, you, that one person does the woo, and you say, oh, there's that guy. And then, a long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far Away, and the blaring horns, and that yellow logo, and that familiar feeling that you can't replicate anywhere else. We're going to talk about that today. So welcome, everybody, back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us today. August 4th, uh, me and James holding down the fort. Lacey, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, still had uh, COVID, so she was sitting out. She was thinking about doing her version of the Jordan flu game, uh, but better of her to take care of her and the family and, and try to get well. So Lacey will be back with us on Monday, so fear not. She will return. So Lacey... Uh, we know you're getting better. Um, you know, we talk to you every day, but uh, from the podcast perspective, we'll see you soon mm -hmm. and we miss you. So and make sure you follow Lacey on, you know, Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. We'll get her plugs in at the top, James. Right. So how you doing, buddy? Um, uh, we we're going to be talking movies, dude. Star Wars movies. Remember those? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, no. we we touched on this on Monday. Um, so it's kind of one of those interesting things where like I'm still kind of sorting it out like kind of processing yeah. a little bit like, Oh, what do I want to say here? Cause it is, it's one of those toss ups. Like, do you, do you, what do you, you know, do you like, do you like ketchup or mustard? You know, it's like, I like both, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like, right. it's like, I don't know. Right. It's difficult. Um, yeah. can I ask you a personal question though? I got, well, it depends. Of course. Are but you, sure. are you one of those people that likes to be corrected when you say something that's not right? What did I say? That's wrong. You said hold down the fort, and it's just kind of like one of those things. Where, Is that wrong? Well, it would be hold the fort. It's not hold down the fort? I People say hold down the fort, but it's one of those things that's like, I can't, uh, I can't care less, or I couldn't care less, and it's like- Oh, I say that one right. Yeah, no, it's I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hold on, I got to look this up now. It's not hold down the well, fort. Well, the phrase is hold down the fort, but the okay. but it doesn't that phrase doesn't make any sense. What people mean to say is hold the fort. Because that's what you do when like somebody's like leaving the fort, they tell somebody else to hold the fort. But why hold mm. down the fort doesn't make any sense. Mm. Nobody's physically making sure that the fort doesn't get blown away by wind or something. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Even if even right, well, if nobody changes the way they say that, right. Um, right. it's one of those things that's kind of... No, I like being corrected in that instance, but I feel like it has become one of those things that has now morphed into its own entity. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's one of yeah. those things that... There's another big one for me, which is begs the question, which like everybody says it, says it in... What they mean to say is, which raises the question... But because right. begging the question is something completely different. Look it up. It's kind of how do you beg of, a question? Right. It's it's actually really complicated to explain. It's almost a philosophical concept, but people say begs the question when they mean to say raise the question. Right. You know what's one that always bothers me is when people say for all intensive purposes. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually got I got um like a personal, Did you get intensive like, purposed. 
no, they they were like, hey man, just real quick, like, I think you just went up a notch in my in my book because you said you said that correctly. They were like, oh, people okay. say that wrong, and and I just noticed that naturally you said that correctly, like you pronunciated what it should be, and so I always mm-hmm. remember somebody being like, I'm glad you said that right, James. <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's always a good feeling to know that you get you got something right. Mm-hmm. Um, now the question is, I mean, we have a segment to start the show, absolutely. So we'll we'll get to that. But I want to I want you to start if you're listening or you're watching. I want you to start thinking about it right now. Like, where do you stand heading into our discussion later? Do you do you, do you yearn for the Star Wars big budget, huge theatrical movie? Or are you like, I think this is Star Wars now, this Disney Plus live action, this is sort of the lane now. So I want you to, like, your first instinct, where are you now? And then we'll check in after our discussion, see what me and James get into. And and we may even surprise ourselves, right, James, mm-hmm. as, as we often do here on the pod. So uh, we will march forward. Uh, uh, Lacey, uh, again, get well, but it's time to kick things off with our first segment. And what is it, James? I fear nothing. All this, as the Force wills it. Will of the Force. Um, We have a couple questions here, uh, including ones that come from our patrons as they have the opportunity as a patron to submit questions. We'll get to theirs in a second, but we have a few here uh, that we wrote of our own. Uh, The first one being, will we see Saw Gerrera suffer his lung and or leg injuries in Andor. So kind of an interesting question. You you start this one based on we, we did cheat and have a pre-discussion on a this. A little so. bit of one, yeah, because I thought you know, I reached out to John and I said, hey, you know, this question might want to be rethought because as of as of Rebels, which when when we saw Rebels, uh when we saw Saw Guerrero in that show, it was two BBY two years before that, uh, before Healthy the Battle of Yavin, and he mm. was fine. He did not yeah. seem to have a leg injury or any sort of breathing apparatus. Um, so my a marathon runner, yeah. My thought correctly. at this point would be no, it would not be a point of Andor if Sagarera makes an appearance in the show, uh, that he has any sort of thing that alludes to like, um, like what's the uh, hot tub time machine? Like, oh, so that's how he loses his arm <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. if they bring in Saw Guerrera, I don't think that's something that they need to address or mention, especially because of the timeline aspect here. We're five years before the Battle of Yavin, and we've already seen him two years in the Battle of Yavin. Um, but what are your thoughts? There's the whole season two aspect. And that's where this could happen. It depends on how cute Lucasfilm wants to get with it. Um, I mean, he's coming back for season one, at least. I know they pushed K2 to season two. I don't know that they confirmed it, but they had him march. They had Alan Tudyk march out there with Diego Luna when they announced the series. My theory about that whole thing, you may have listened already on the podcast, is Gilroy pulled that back because he wants to focus season one solely on Cassian without distractions or humor. Get him in the mix, maybe a little more familiarity from Rogue One, so get, keep Saw around for, for season two, and maybe we do see why we get that sort of 
like estranged and 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 mind warped and and sort of tweaked out version of Saw Gerrera uh, by the uh, the end of Rogue One. So I um, think it... I, I I'm gonna say yes. I I think we will see it, something happen to him that is jarring enough to again lift elements of Rogue One up. Why not do that? So you'll have that window if each three episodes of season two represent a year that means in the, the back last... half so episodes seven through 12 of season two yeah saw guerrera is getting hurt yeah he'd ha- he'd have to show up in the last three episodes and have Less some six. sort of s- yeah. significance um to be like i'm here and boom did we get wrecked <laughs> yeah 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 i or or at least like or at least showcase that like at that point they show him and he does resemble the, the rogue one thing, but I don't know, man. I mean, even in rogue one, they're like, where's Saul? You know, we haven't worked with him in a while. So I don't know. Yeah. He, he could very well show up like you, like you're saying without us seeing it happen to Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, all right. We got another one here and this one is from one of our patrons, specifically Danny, which they go by, uh, at simplify Danny. Um, Danny, Danny wanted to know, will the Mandalorian culminate, culmination event uh, that has been spoken about uh, lead to some pre-Force Awakens character origin stories or force, First Order-related spinoff stories on Disney+. Plus? This took me a second. I'm going to reread it just because I, I, when I read it originally, I was like, what is being said here? So it's, will when we get to that Mandalorian culmination event, uh, will that lead to some pre-Force Awakens character origin stories or maybe some First Order-related stories for Disney+, mm. Plus spinoff characters or situations about those things? Uh, John, what do you think on this one? First Order, no. Um, we already got the sort of Hux and Phasma stuff through the books. Um, they won't do Kylo Ren off of Mando. Snoke doesn't seem likely, especially with what they wound up doing with him. Um, and then I don't know about like who uh, who else would get a pre like Force Awakens origin story that like they're not gonna do Ray, of course. Um, I, I I just don't know. I I don't think so. I I think we may they may touch on First Order. Um like the seed of the first order at by the end of this mando verse mando plus that they called it at uh, star wars celebration but i think that's it they'll do it in that i don't think we're going to get any sort of offshoot that has to do with leading up to the sequel trilogy i think for a lot of reasons that i won't really get into in terms of like public perception and stuff i think they want to keep a, a solid bridge between the mando stuff and sequel trilogy um Funny you say that. Like, well, I I do kind of agree that the the thing could end with the culmination event, but assuming that they do that, that's Avengers, and then they go phase two, you know, and they just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it does make sense to me that we would get some first order related stuff because at that point, I think we all know where the story's going. We all know it is leading up to uh the Force Awakens. And at that point, when the movie happens, that's when 
the force awakens and everything changes. So, so you think spinoffs then? So force related things to me, I think around that time need to kind of take a step back. I think what does lead around that time are the phasma meets um, first order kind of stuff. The things that there were, there could be characters very heavily involved in like um, the resistance who work for Leia, who's off screen, you know, and they're learning about uh, this branch of people and they're calling themselves the first order. Oh, that's just a theory. They're not real. Like, you know, it's that kind of stuff. I think there could be some cool espionage stuff that happens, even from the perspective of someone that's maybe joining the First Order, like they're starting to see the benefits or why that would be around. And and, because we definitely got some of those stories where there were political parties and stuff that were like, they're, they weren't like coming out and saying it, but like they were like, hey, you yeah. know, we we liked what the Empire was doing and we're kind of going to back them financially off the record. That stuff was going on. So um, so I, mm. I think it could be really cool. I'm just not really sure. I mean, and Mandalorian already is kind of playing in the world of like the Empire is not supposed to be around, but there are these weird like cultist people who Pockets, are yeah. into it, you know? And so yeah. I like the idea that that it could be that after they feel like they've defeated the Empire, they've defeated their groups, these new uh, First Order people are starting to show up and they're like, uh-oh, you know, Mandalorian might be taking on First Order troopers soon. Which begs the question. R- raises the question. <laughs> uh, then you have to maybe introduce el- elements of Palpatine because this was his whole plan. So I mean, they haven't they already like with the M count and the yeah. clones or whatever yeah. mutants in the All tubes. Right. It it it's an interesting question. So d- yeah. thank thank you, Danny, for sending that in. Absolutely, we got another one here that says, "Will we see Ezra Bridger fight with a lightsaber in the present in the Ahsoka series?" So obviously, we're not talking about if they were showing some sort of flashback to what Ezra used to be like, and Sabine's like remembering a battle with him or something. Like we're, we're talking like, is this guy in the present time, uh, post? Return of the Jedi, you know, is he going to be using a lightsaber? Um, if I'm going first, go, though, yeah, first, I'm a, yeah, if I'm going first here, I'm going to say yes. Um, and the reason I think that is, is because it's it's kind of strange, and, and don't get too upset with this answer, but in my mind, I sort of think of him as the third twin. Um, oh, being why born. Why would I get upset about that? Because okay. uh, I don't know. Luke and Leia are sort of a thing, and like, why would Ezra be the the third? I mean, it, it, but my thing is like, I think of him as like if Luke and Leia were in the movies, Ezra is the Luke character who's that that right age. He's supposed to be that story of like he doesn't know about the Force and he learns about the Force and he. he Eventually starts with a blue lightsaber, gets a green lightsaber. Left his home. Yeah, yeah, he's very much like following that Luke sort of. Oh yeah, that's uh, fair. Story, yeah. and he's born one day before them. Um, so it, it he's right in the right age for that too. So when I start thinking, watch his watch his mentor die. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah. So when I'm when I think of them bringing this character in. 
I think of him like uh like Ahsoka and Sabine uh are, are like Ray and they're like looking for Luke, like like, oh, I thought he was a myth, you know what I mean? They're almost like when when the audience hears about Ezra, they're gonna be like, Why do we care about Ezra? When he shows up, he has to be awesome. He has to really yeah. like showcase yeah. how powerful he was in the force and and why he's important and why they're searching for him and why do we care about this person? When he shows mm-hmm. up, he needs to be cool. And I think they're going to make him cool like they made Luke cool in Mandalorian season 2. That's a good point, man. Did they did he have his lightsaber with him when he went to wherever he went with the Purgles and Thrawn? That is a good question. I can't remember off the top of my head if he get no, he surely did not give it to Sabine because he left he snuck out. Like he didn't tell her he was going. I think he did, did he take, take it with him. with him. Yeah. But yeah. the famous scene, he doesn't have it out. He's it's pocketed away or he lost mm-hmm. it earlier or something. I, I'm gonna assume he has it though. So depending on what his situation is, whether he's held captive or he's just somewhere and he like forgot who he is, there's an amnesia thing or like what or he's just like off somewhere and lost. Mm-hmm. Either way, I say yes for sure because He's a Jedi and it's live action Ezra. And like the first, I think the first thing we saw of Ahsoka was her lightsabers. Like they just went for it. So I think it'd be kind of cool if maybe he doesn't have his lightsaber, if someone took it or, 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 you know, whatever. And Ahsoka like tosses him one of hers and they both use the white ones mm. for a little while and then he gets his back or something. But either way, I think we're seeing whoever's playing him. We're seeing Ezra Bridger uh, get down with some lightsaber action for sure in Ahsoka. Or he just pulls the, like, I don't need a lightsaber, like, you know, oh, like, kind of like stuff. Big time with the Force, yeah. Like, 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 like Ahsoka and Sabine find themselves in a predicament, and he shows up, and he doesn't, he doesn't even need the weapons that like Ahsoka has. But that's weird yeah. though, because that's saying that he's more powerful than Ahsoka, and I don't even want to get in that really, you know, that comparison. So, That's rough. But anyway, yeah. we got another question here, and this one is coming yeah. from another one of our patrons, specifically Nerd Coma. Um, Nerd Coma nerd. wanted to know. Uh, it's not derogatory. This is his name. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. They wanted to know, will Andor have a character-centric episode like Mando's Ahsoka episode or Book of Boba Fett's Mando episode to build on a future spinoff series? So, you know, we always get that one episode where it sidesteps for a second or gives the focus on a different person. Do you think that uh, we're going to see that in uh, Andor? No, I don't. Um, I think that's a Mandoverse thing, Mando Plus thing. Uh, I don't think Tony Gilroy has any interest in serving another story that he doesn't know who's in charge of it. I don't think he wants to dabble in that sort of thing. I think he wants to tell his story and stay in his story, which starts five BBY and takes us through Rogue One. And then he says, see is Star Wars. So I don't think so at all. And I'm almost like on a book it situation. I don't think we're <laughs> going to get anything. I don't think we're going to get anything like that. That would be a spinoff away from Andor. They may give us an episode where it's, you know, K2 
And then he at the end of the episode, he winds up with Cassian. I'm not counting that because that's a part of this. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like, do are they going to give us a, an episode of someone else to go launch them on some other story? No, I don't think so. I was going to say yes to this, but that is a really good point that I, I think that this particular Thanks, buddy. series is not is not meant to open up into other rebellion stories around this time. I think they would be smart to do that because, you know, it's very easy to bring in someone that he works with, like an Emphis Nest character or something like that, you know, oh, yeah. that you could that you could very well um, say, OK, well, that was that one episode where they work with that person. And it was we're kind of gauging how fans felt about that particular character so that we could do this other show. But I don't I think you're right that Tony Gilroy is like. Yeah, whatever. If you like one of my characters, you can have them. But like, I'm not, I'm not writing an episode for your later spinoff stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think like if you were looking at the overall picture, and Tony was playing ball in that sense, that they were like, hey, you got to give us something because we like the idea of there being different spies in this area. We don't always want to do it with Diego Luna, and we don't always want to do it from this perspective of a character. Um. We want to maybe have a different spy show around this rebellion time. Can we maybe sneak in a character like that? I think that would be smart, but I think you're right on this. I did, there's something about the fact that he just kind of does it. He's like, this is my show. And then when I'm done with it, then that that's what it was. Yeah. It was a limited series. It's not supposed to be like... Um, you know, family matters. Like hope we get a fifth, seventh season or whatever it is, you know, I don't know why I went family matters. I just pulled any sort of like sitcom, but, um, for like a Stefan spinoff. Yeah. Series? The point is like to not keep having uh season three, season four, season five. If people like it, we'll keep going. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be one single story. And I think that's his goal. I that- think, I think now that you mention it, I mean, let's just do it. I think Family Matters is technically a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. No. Because uh, I'm, oh, oh, yeah, Perfect. Is that what it's called? Perfect I think, Strangers? Yeah. Harriet Winslow worked in the same office as Larry. And she was the same character. I think she was Harriet Winslow. Oh, it is called. Per- yeah, I'm agreeing with you that it is that show. But for some reason, you saying Perfect Strangers seemed... Not right. Like it was something else very close to that. But no, you're right. It is Perfect Strangers. Yeah, there's a lot of shows that are spin spinoffs. Actually, I think that that show also takes place in the Full House universe. Does it? I think so because they've had they the had Michelle at a birthday party or something like that in Family Matters. So there oh, was like there they were technically related somehow. When I think like Charles in Charge was ultimately a, I think he's the same character from like Happy Days, Chachi. Really? I don't know if you're joking so. or not. Okay. No, I, I I think that might be. I think that I think that there's truth to that. I think it positive. it's pretty interesting how certain shows do step off of each other and like you would never know other than like right. the pilot like episode right. has like yeah. one thing. I mean, yeah. I think people knew the Frasier one, but. Like, really, if you're watching Frasier, you wouldn't be like, 
why does this feel like cheers like it does it well, a lot of cameos so, well, i know yeah, but, but like yeah. i don't think you would watch frazier and be like why does this feel like oh, cheers no. it, yeah, it's like oh right. well it was a spinoff show it was the same vibe they just wanted to keep right. making it like for yeah. instance like if you're watching how i met your father you're gonna be like why does this feel like how i met your mother <laughs> you know it's like yeah. very clearly right. the spinoff was the adaptation to keep going um right. but some of right. these shows really don't even have that vibe um no yeah i don't yeah. know anyway uh that's gonna be it for will of the force this week and we are getting ready to head into a big discussion so let's get started what do we got john all right this week's discussion do star wars fans already miss the theatrical films obi-wan once thought as you do all right so star wars continues to put out live action content on disney plus Though there seems to be a little bit of a buzz and yearning for the big budget spectacle event, get your popcorn, big screen Star Wars theatrical experience via the films. So the last Star Wars film came out, so carry the one, three years ago, uh, episode nine. That's why I'm wearing my I Am All the Jedi shirt, mm-hmm. which we used to sell. <laughs> Um, but there's a growing sense that fans already miss the movies. So let's just talk about it, James. Um, I think I'll just start by saying it's, it's like a weird, like double-edged sword here. I loved Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I also watched, uh, Kevin Smets, who you probably know from the Schmodown. He is a, an editor. He's a video editor and TV editor. And he did a cut of Obi-Wan that was two and a half hours long. I know there was the viral one, but he did his version. And I watched that and I just loved it. And I was like, man, I, you know, add more effects to this and put it on the big screen. This would have been a massive movie. Um, And I know that was originally the plan. It just, I I feel like parts of Obi-Wan made me realize, and you brought this up too in one of the episodes. You're like, I felt like we were watching that show in the volume. And mm-hmm. I think it was the one where they were all trapped on that planet. Invader was like cornering them. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like they were in like almost like quite a, quite literally. A they were trying to get the ship room. out of the the thing. Yes. And, and re- yeah, re- and it was great. I, I I still loved it, but it did feel a little claustrophobic. Um, and not all of them have felt that way. There's a lot of episodes of The Mandalorian that felt big, and I think there's gonna be more big stuff coming with Andor. But that was more location based. But I guess what, to try to round uh, hone in on my point. I I really do miss like the way they tell stories in the movies and, and and the budget they put in there and and I think also watching Light and Magic made me miss um that journey and how they make the movies and I know it's different in how they make them from a from a VFX perspective um in in a lot of ways but just I don't know man I I just I do miss a lot of aspects of seeing a Star Wars movie in theaters and I, I feel like it's still as much content as we're getting on Disney Plus, there's a there's a void. I feel a void. And people are gonna say this in the YouTube comments, I guarantee it. Uh maybe even without watching, they'll just put their comments in or on Twitter they'll just say like Again, like I brought up Monday, you know, there were gaps, uh, plenty of years without a Star Wars movie. Uh, you don't want to make them not feel special. I think that time is over. I, I think we're beyond that. I, I'm not saying you need a Star Wars movie every year. Uh, one every three years, I think works. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's where I'll start. But I, I really feel like Kenobi, as much as I loved it, has made me yearn more for the Star Wars film. And I'm not sure exactly why that is. Was it that cut I saw? Was it just thinking like what this would be like on the big screen? Or is it just simply like the effects aren't there the way they were in the movies or location shoots? It could be a lot of things. Where So I don't know. What do you think of that, James? And, and what's your initial thought as you stand today? And has it changed over time? Um, I don't know that this is my personal opinion, but generally when this gets brought up of like, will Lucasfilm pursue movies? I tend to think that Lucasfilm is saying, no, we're cool passing on movies now. We don't need them. We've got television. We've got subscriptions. We've got, you know, um, that, that thing that's filling the void when, you know, like when people say you have star Wars and you're not making any movies, they go, Oh, but we're still making star Wars content. We have a lot of it. And it's leading Disney plus in a lot of ways, like and Disney plus is huge. So it's like, I mean, Disney plus is competing with Hulu and, and prime video and Netflix. They, it might not be totally in the same numbers, but I think when people have a discussion of like the top five that they get, Disney plus is always in that conversation. Um, like if I had to pick three, you know, there's like maybe like six top streaming services. Disney Plus yep. is usually one of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, no doubt. I feel like that's that's Lucasfilm's kind of look at it. But I do kind of feel like what fans might be missing is the community of it. Um, because I actually feel like there is something the the thing that's missing to me is driving past somewhere and seeing the line and we talked about the toys um nobody's lining up for the kenobi toys you know so it's no. like i feel like there was even like even when you're looking at uh solos and rogue ones there was kind of this period of time where it's like oh the new toys came out and everybody was like run into target or walmart and then you'd like see people walk by you, they'd notice you have a Star Wars shirt on and they go, ah, they only have so-and-so, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you yep. know why I'm here? You're here too. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're all doing the same thing. Right. I I feel like there's some kind of something missing there because even though we're all paying, they're making their money, they're making their bottom line. We're all sitting in our houses, not communicating with other fans except for online. And we need to be having that connection in person we need to be having the conversation with the person who's in line waiting to get the tickets or waiting to see the movie um we when need... was the first time you went to a star wars movie oh yeah, man yeah, yeah. mine was phantom menace mine was special dish. yeah like man. oh did you watch um did you watch rise of skywalker here and it's like yeah i mean it's a, the only imax around so you know you kind of have that conversation i was here too what day did you see it oh the opening night oh same theater what are the you know oh you got that poster i got it too oh yeah i, oh, yeah. I feel like that is something that we might be hungry for and i think part of that reason is to that all movies have sort of been missing in a way. Like, I think we all kind of took the bait on like, um, you know, all oh, the great, the gray man's in theaters, but it's also on Netflix like two weeks from now, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. looks really good, but I think I could just wait and I'll watch it at home. You know, oh, I could go yeah. see Lightyear or I could just wait like a month and a half after release, like 90 days or something like that. And it's our, it's already going to be on Disney plus here, like today or tomorrow or something. Right. Yesterday, I think maybe. But it's um, also how they treat it, isn't it? Like what? Like we've, uh, I know on this podcast have, and a lot of people say this, so we, we're not inventing the complaint, so to speak, but the whole 3 a.m. East coast drop, you're treating it like, like a, like a file dump. It's, it's just like, like, if you throw that thing on at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And, and the family can sit on the couch together, have some popcorn, and like maybe the kids are still up and, you know, whatever. And you could all sit there and watch the episode together as opposed to, ah, oh, man, I got to watch this thing before work. I got to, you know, I don't want to be spoiled online. So I got to watch this thing all groggy eyed and I, then go to work. And it's just, you can't enjoy it that I'm way. Not, I'm not taking that so, away from you, but I, I think. I think that families still do that. I think there's the one guy in the family. The wait. Who, yeah, I think they they want to see it, but they wait that evening, Friday or Wednesday evening, to watch it with their family mm-hmm. or something like that. What I actually think you're missing is the weekly party where they go everyone all at once. Like, hey, uh, all of my friends, like they invite their friend group over, and we all sit in the living room together. And we watch the show as it airs. Um, people do that for other shows, and it's just not possible. the 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 people that are interested in it with the the three a.m. drop, they go, "Well, you know, I'm going to watch with my family, but but with their friend, their friend's like, well, I got to, I'm I'm going to watch it at three a.m. There's no there's nothing holding me back, so they don't watch it together." You know, yeah. you got to have it drop at a time when everybody can do it. But that this isn't even the point where this isn't the discussion. But I think that no, it's even, not. But it's important. It's important. Even if they were doing that, it might change how we feel about it having a theatrical movie because we are getting that that actual real life connection with other people when we're watching it with them. Um, uh, the, the other thing, man, is just from a story perspective. You know, when I was watching, I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, but I was watching, you know, like Stranger Things and, you know, their last episode of the season was like two hours and 20 minutes. It's an episode of a show. And I'm just thinking about some of the story threads and stuff. I'm like, they stretch out so much of this stuff on these shows because they want to fill the content and they want the watch hours. And I understand all of that. But like, if you think about like, man, it's so weird how we've had way more time with this Star Wars character, with Boba Fett, mm-hmm. than we've had with, you know, Han Solo or, you know, anyone who's just been only in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we had seven episodes of Boba Fett. We've also now we have all this screen time with Boba Fett. But when you think about it, like, he really didn't do a whole lot. But they just stressed that so they really slow it down, stretch out the dough, and make a, you know, a thin crust as opposed to, like, a real hearty meal and like you watch a star Wars movie and you're like, I really, there's a lot to take out of that. Take away from what I just experienced where if you took that, those story threads and like, no, well, if this was a series, you really got to like thin it out and like do these, like enough. I don't, you're not using the word filler, but you take things and tell them in a way longer stretched out way Mm -hmm. than you need to on um, the, the streaming version. And I think it's almost like a magic trick in a way, where it's like, 
like that that Kenobi. I want to go. I don't want to go back to too much, but like the Kenobi cuts out there. Like I felt like I got the whole story. I felt like I got the whole experience without anything really being cut from me in two and a half hours versus five mm-hmm. or whatever it ended up being or six. So uh, I think there's that's an aspect of it. I, I think the I, I enjoy. I think the way movies tell me a story. Um, I still love the streaming shows and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like for Star Wars, I I just like how much impact those movies give you in a, in a two hour I, and 15 minute I think uh, thing. Digestibility has always been something that I have been touting when it comes to like TV versus the movies. I've always said that if I, I loved the Mandalorian, I loved the book of Boba Fett, but it's very hard to really actually rewatch it. I feel like, yes, the most accomplished people will say like, Oh, I've watched Boba Fett five times the book of Boba Fett five times it's like wow dude that's a lot you must really be awesome but let me tell you this let me tell you this five times I went and paid to see Rogue One more than five times you know I I know people who went and paid to see Force Awakens ten times you know what I mean it's like those numbers are very rookie in comparison it's just because they're so long it's like I I want to be able to rewatch and feel comfortable about throwing solo on or throwing on the right, force right. awakens the empire strikes back or something and just being able to kind of get through the original trilogy in like six hours whereas like if i spent six hours in the Mandoverse, i would be just over that first season and right. kind of into the second season, but I still have book of Boba Fett season three, Ahsoka, um, every other spinoff to get through that, mm-hmm. that story. It's like, Oh my gosh. I think there's just almost too much in that type of storytelling. And, and like you said, in some ways too, even though there's all that content, it feels stretched out. And And, and some people like that. Some people like who feel like the Rise of Skywalker was rushed. Fine, or I felt it's that like way when I first too saw it. much I was like, wow. story. Every turn yeah. had like another big right. twist or something, and it's like, oh my gosh, right. it's just exposition, exposition, exposition in every scene. Like it didn't mm-hmm. ever breathe because it just was paced so quickly. But, but are you going to put on a, a, a Star Wars movie? And this is how I would see it if I was to go rewatch a random chapter of one of these shows. Is uh, I'm going to toss on Return of the Jedi. I'm going to start where they uh, blow up the bunker. It's like, that's like, uh, I'm going to watch Mandalorian chapter six. I I don't like watching Star Wars that way. I like watching beginning to end. So it's tough for me. And I really haven't done a lot of rewatching of the shows for that reason. It's difficult for me to do that. Maybe more so with a last episode of a season because you sure. do get a sense of finality to it. But I, I'm not popping on chapter five of the Mandalorian. Like that's just not happening. And it doesn't mean I I love it, but it's just not happening. I'm never like, I want to watch that right now. And I know a lot of people probably do that. It's just, I I don't. So I think that's another reason why I I lean more towards Van. I you know, I miss the movies and we haven't even gotten into the just theater experience itself, Mm -hmm. um, which you know, like seeing like the Top Gun movie that you, me, and Lacey saw together. It's just like, I I would have hated to have watched that movie on my TV at home compared to how we saw that. 
It's just like some movies, like if it's a comedy or a drama and you're like, uh, in two weeks that's coming out. Uh, all right. I can, I can wait to see, you know, Seth Rogen do, you know, do something. But if it's a Star Wars movie or something big, Guardians of the Galaxy, Top Gun, something where it's like big, massive effects and, and uh, you know, huge action, I, I feel like it's must-see on, on the big screen. And I think, uh, like, imagine seeing Chapter 9 of The Mandalorian on a big screen with the Crate Dragon. Like, that would have been a, like like watching a Jaws movie or something, like a good Jaws I movie. saw but, a you know, post recently, like somebody, it was somebody on Twitter that said, to this day, this is the most cinematic thing we've gotten on television. And it yeah. was chapter nine of, of the Book of Boba Fett with the thing. And I was like, dude, the fact that there's a scene in the movie where they they move into like the IMAX. I mean, it's not exactly, but it's they, they and stretch you just the said aspect. Movie. They, uh, yeah, but they move into the aspect ratio and they, and they the, raise the it to right. full screen. I'm like, Boba Fett shows that, up, yeah. is, that is absolutely a like... Blade Runner, Mission Impossible, uh, Batman, Dark Knight move. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yes. like a cinematic yeah. wow moment, you know? And it's like, well, you know, we're filling out your 16 by 9, 46 inch TV, you know? And who directed it? Favreau. Yeah, absolutely. What? So, and, and you and I, you know, we got a chance to see the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi in a theater experience. That, I mean, that was crazy. It wasn't even a theater, man. That, it was an arena. And that's like, yeah, it was like one of the most elevated movie, movie yeah. s- things I've ever experienced. That was cool because you got the crowd reaction. It felt like watching a Star Wars movie in mm-hmm. theaters. Um, and that's like another thing thing that like ticked off in my head i was like wow like i do miss this you know i don't always like being in the theater because i really don't like you know how people can be rude sometimes or there's a bright cell phone on or something and people are talking or, or whatever uh loud eaters sometimes but with star wars if it's like opening dates or the movie's loud you know it, you don't really you get lost in the movie and that stuff doesn't matter but the the audience and the crowd reactions and stuff you still hear and like when i saw the orchestra, Star Wars: A New Hope, with the orchestra, huge, uh, you know, theater, giant, you know, balconies and and all that, all that sort of thing. Seeing people watch that movie and and reacting to it, laughing at moments, I'm like, this is a, a an experience. This is an event. It it's it's a forty something year old movie, and people are still enjoying it. So don't tell me if they put out a new Star Wars movie every two years or so, people aren't going to be still energized about it. I think they will. It, it's the content that you give the people, not the amount of movies. Because um, no one's tiring on Marvel. Those movies are still making a lot of money, even in this Absolutely. sort of COVID thing that's still happening. So, And they're not stopping. They got the next four years planned out of movies and Disney Plus series. So that whole, their whole <laughs> argument of, well, you're still getting your Star Wars through the series. It's like, yeah, Marvel's doing that too. And they have... 12 movies coming out. They, they so, not only announced their next phase, they announced yeah. movies for the phase after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's nuts. nuts, dude. It is absolutely <laughs> nuts. And I, you know, I get that there's different, you know, they have the source material. I, I understand all that stuff. Multiverse, bringing back old actors, the fan service thing. Uh, I, I get all that. But, you know, with Star Wars, you know, we, we've already like run through a lot of the reasons to miss the experience. And I know a lot of it 
can't be replicated anymore in terms of like what I did with the Phantom Menace, which is me and my friends skipped school and we camped out for tickets. Like that experience doesn't exist anymore. And I understand that. But like you said, still going to the theater, waiting in that line to be let into the theater, um, talking to strangers. They may be in cosplay, someone in a Jedi robe, you know, uh, hearing somebody with their kids saying like, this is her first Star Wars movie or man, I saw the original movie when I was five or you just hear these stories from people and Twitter can't give you that. Like people can be online talking about these shows and stuff. It, 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 it doesn't, it pales in, in so many possible comparisons. So um, I really do miss it. I do believe in Kathleen Kennedy when she's saying they are looking for somebody to be the shepherd for the future of Star Wars movies. Um, I do think we're going to get Daisy Ridley back one day. Um, I think they are, I repeat this a lot, I do think they are waiting for the generation that was the five-year-old seeing their first movie as The Force Awakens to be a little older and maybe have a little more influence and and have a voice and stuff like that. So maybe it's, we're 10 years out or whatever, but I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. Or like we said in uh, uh, on Monday's episode, you know, Old Republic, you know, we were all three of us, I think we're talking Game of Thrones style TV show and I think we're rethinking that because of the budget they're putting towards these series. But that brings up another question, which is is important in terms of how we compare the shows and why we want movies, at least for me. Doesn't it feel like the budget for the Star Wars shows feel less than like Stranger Things or even some of the Marvel stuff? Uh, like when I compared even Obi-Wan to the new Stranger Things season, I'm like, Stranger Things effects look way better than Obi-Wan Kenobi's. And that's, oh, it feels like sad to say that to Star Wars. Star Wars is supposed to be the one that sets the bar. Again, light and magic just came out. We saw the innovation that carried through today with ILM. Uh, just hearing that Star Wars has taken a backseat, in my opinion, and how its effects are compared to the biggest show that's out today, uh, stings a little as a Star Wars fan. Man, I... I I agree with you. Like I think um I don't know, it's it's hard to it, it's hard to put like something like the volume just away so quickly. You know, um the fact that Star Wars led the charge with the Mandalorian as saying like we invented this technology and everybody is like in awe of how powerful it is and all those Marvel shows and stuff are starting to adopt that technology and use that technology and who was leading the charge star Wars. But it is kind of funny that it almost feels like we've gotten so used to the volume now that we're almost using it as a negative. Like I can tell you're just standing in the volume. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you right. Know? Right. Um, it's almost like, uh, look for I, the volume. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's any case where like you know there's a, a a movie that comes out and you know it's like Jurassic Park and no one had a, you know no one had ever seen anything like it or whatever and now that you've you've 
introduced all of the music and all of the characters and what it is like to see a dinosaur or whatever no sequel can compare to that if there was not jurassic park and then the lost world was the first movie everybody would have been like holy crap the lost world is freaking amazing like look what they did with these dinosaurs and 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 the character of ian is so awesome and complex you know what i mean like that that movie would have been good but the oftentimes sequels to stories are looking for the same feeling when they got all of it actually we kind of make this comparison a lot when we said like is the last jedi score as good as the force awakens score no why because the force awakens score gave us all those songs for the first time it felt like it was a powerhouse of like yeah yeah we got this song and this song and this song and this song and then you go to the next one and it's like well it's a lot of those same songs we already had what are the new ones okay we got like two new ones and they're all right you know or something i think that I think that we're definitely looking at um, the technology of the of like the the volume and stuff as a little bit of the like sequel right now, because um, I still think what they're doing in Obi Wan Kenobi is great and it's awesome, but now that and maybe it's just us, you know, maybe it's because we talk about the volume like every turn of the phrase. I don't, uh, no, I don't. No, think so. you think other people are saying like. I don't know. It just kind of feels like they're standing on a set or, or like that, uh, you know, T 47, you know, the snow spear. Oh, that's right. Or, you know, or that looked like it was at a sharknado or something. I'm like, you know, yeah, I hate to say it, but you have a fair point. That is a fair point to make in 2022. That's, that's the best we can go. And well, let's not forget, you know, our buddy Alex Backus from black series rebels had brought up to us (laughs) the, the whole 30 mile zone thing. You know, he's a filmmaker. He he you know and him and Steve are in the industry and they know like the labor laws and stuff. And to clarify you know, they, for anybody who didn't know that, that was that's what TMZ stands for. Yeah, the yeah, so it's called Studio Zone also, and it's this radius around that uh Southern California area that they don't try to breach for the sake of, you know, per diem costs for contractors and how much they pay these people. And that to me, right there, I mean I don't know why Cassian is the outlier. Is it because they had to film that in UK because of who it was? You know, Tony Gilroy. Yeah, Andor. Yeah. Um, Cassian's going to be the prequel to Andor uh, from when he's ages (laughs) one to five. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be Cassian, Andor, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. He will be 50 playing a five year old. That's (laughs) what they're going to do. Yeah. That's so dating back to our episode on Monday where James blew my mind that a 42 year old man's playing a 21 year old (laughs) in Andor. But he's a young looking guy. So good for you, Diego Luna. Um, So that points that this whole 30 mile zone where they can't breach that radius around where the where the the main uh, studio is where they're filming to me is a a point of fact that they have budget concerns and there are you know labor union laws and stuff and uh, i don't know how much they would have to increase their budget to to go beyond that but that's why you see those planets that look like it's off of a highway in la but you know if you have obi-wan and leia meeting up with zach braff's alien and you're like that's i bet if you turn the camera a little bit there's a highway there or something you know also, so also don't don't forget the fact that we were lucky zach braff's character was even an alien considering we go to like tatooine and everybody's human 
Yeah. And it's like, fair. that's a budget right. issue, but it's weird and takes you out of place. It's not even special effects, but it's like, it's very noticeable when you're like walking around the town and you're like, when Luke was walking around the town, it felt like yeah. there was aliens everywhere. And well, now I'm seeing yeah. this and it's like, there's like one alien in that group. And I don't want to spoil, you haven't watched all of Light and Magic yet, right? No. So, he's, I mean, this is from the original Star Wars, so whatever. George Lucas said they were filming in the UK, uh, the cantina scene, and he was upset at the lack of aliens that they were able to have on the set in the Moss Eisley cantina. So then when, they, when they went back, he wanted to pick it up when they went back to uh, California, and he had them creating puppets and all this stuff to, to populate more aliens in there so that was always something george lucas wanted was more aliens more aliens more aliens even the special editions they were like that guy looks a little like a dude in a costume yeah let's replace right, yeah. him with some or, like fantastical add, creature or add people around him yeah that all that sort of stuff um so it makes me wonder because let's think about the prequels he went like real hard on the uh digital effects all the droid uh Droid Army were all CG for the most part. Uh, the clone troopers completely all CG. They didn't, they never even had a practical helmet. Um, you know they had real sets for Phantom Menace. They did a lot more green screen stuff when they went to Australia for the um, Attack of the Clones. And people were like, "This is the future. This is amazing. I can't believe what they just did with this." And then people got sick of it. And then what happens? The revolution. You know, J.J. Abrams comes back in 2015 to promote The Force Awakens, and he has purposely has a puppet walking behind him when he's doing his first, like, Force for Change thing. And they're like, real sets, practical Ma effects. Maz's like, Cantina, yeah! barely a human in sight. Yes, and they're like, yeah, Star Wars, it's tangible again. Yeah! And now it's like, we got the volume. Now we don't have to go to Tunisia. And everyone's like, hell yeah! The volume's awesome! I can't see anything. And now we're like... Oof. So my thought is, because in the sequel trilogy and other uh, spinoffs, they did a good job of finding the happy medium where it's like, we some of this set here is practical and we blended in CG with it. They did a hybrid that made it really good. Um, like when the stormtroopers get blown up by the X-Wing on Takodana and explode out, there's CG and practical stuff there. When Luke tears down the hut, when they're touching the fingers in The Last Jedi, there's a lot of practical stuff there, but of course CG stuff with uh, Ryan Johnson. So both directors did it. Uh, and I think that's the, the key, which leads me to now uh, the volume I think is good, but I think they should use it and mix it in while also going to locations and, and, and do it that way. So it doesn't all feel like that. Um, because I don't think it's just the diehard fans. I think everyone's sort of feeling that the, enclosed vibe of what that presents and what that can give you. I, I think, think that's why uh, Mandalorian still is sort of surviving a little bit because we can look at episodes of Mandalorian and feel like there are aliens. It seems like when I'm thinking about like the first episodes of like both seasons, there's very particular scenes where there's yeah. a lot of aliens around, you know, also a lot of horizons. It's almost like John Favreau made sure there were a lot of horizons, and that it felt like you were seeing for miles in the Mandalorian. Where oh. I don't feel like we got a lot of that in Kenobi. Oh, um, um, I mean, we did on even, that final episode because it was like the big forest ro rocky area, and then like the big horizon. 
on the other side. Yes, but it was it was it was dusky and dark. No, no, no. I got um, you. I got you. For most yeah. of those episodes, it does feel like, um, like almost like we've built up this set so that there's rocks around yes. a character yep. or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh man, I could almost kind of picture what this set looks like. And you guys have the dust on the floor. You know what it reminds and- me of? It reminds me of when the rocks are, they're like trapped in the last Jedi in the bunker and the little foxes are able to sneak through. Mm-hmm. Like it feels just very like they're, the rocks are just on top of them and they're like in this like cave all the time or in this like room all the time or something. It reminds feel like me uh, of Mando, you know, I agree. Yeah, Favreau it, made sure. Yeah. It, yeah. It reminds me of like, like Disney world and other places where they only have like so much space. So they build their building just tall enough so that no person can right. see the, the yeah. other ride that's behind yeah. it, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so they, you, they, they're trying to use their space as best as possible, but there is something that's kind of like, like maybe I can't quite put my finger on it, but this isn't normal. Something's weird yeah, like, here. Dude, <laughs> it, it, when they make Star Wars movies, I don't want to hear that they're using the volume for, for all this. And I know like Taika, I think, used the volume a lot for Thor. And people are complaining about some of the effects in that. I, wa- I want JJ or whoever to go to Wadi Rum. I want to them to go to the mountains of Italy for Vandor. Like, you have the money. You're one of the biggest, if not the biggest movie studio in the world, Disney. Like, I want to see, I want to make sure when they do bring back the Star Wars movies that they don't try to cut those corners there too. That would be such a massive mistake. I know the technology is amazing. And if you have the right director, like a John Favreau or a showrunner, like a John Favreau, you, they'll get, he'll get the most out of it. Cause he's almost the one who sort of like brought that to the table via his work in, it was either jungle book or lion King. I was going to say, or someone who just wants to push the technology forward. Like a, like a John Favreau George or Lucas something. <laughs> or a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, I, I really hope they still do location-based uh, shoots for the movies and, and keep them big. And if that's at the, if the if that's at the expense of the streaming series having lower budgets, so be it. Um, but I, I hope not because there's no reason why Lucasfilm, uh, if Disney still believes in the property, which they should, uh, and Star Wars specifically shouldn't be able to get big budgets the way Marvel is. And Marvel is churning out way more product than Star Wars. So each Star Wars, you would think each Star Wars project has a pretty solid budget behind it because it's not having to be spread out through 30 different things. So I want the movies back so bad, man. And it, it again, it comes back to Kenobi for me. As much as I love it, and it was an intimate story, so it didn't need to be as grand, in terms of like spectacle, uh, it made me miss the big budget movie. I want to go on an adventure. And like The Rise of Skywalker gave that to me, man. A lot of people don't love that movie. I felt like I was on an adventure watching that movie, um, going to all these different locations and they felt real and the big Kajimi set that they built and stuff like that. Like I want, I want that again. And you could tell me the story that you tell in seven to eight hours on disney plus in two and a half hours and i don't feel shortchanged. Mm-hmm. um there's something different about how they tell stories in a movie that still can carry just as much if not more weight than a, a you know a tv series so so like I... look, darth vader's darth vader's screen time in the original trilogy what is it like 45 minutes For, 45 <laughs> minutes? oh in the original trilogy all three yeah okay yeah i was like, like no 
Like you're, you you're telling movie. me, you're telling me that's his story isn't told better or feels bigger and more impactful and complete than you know whatever three hours we saw of Boba Fett on screen in the book of Boba Fett. There's no way you're making that argument against mm-hmm. it. So, um, I have another like wrench here, and I I don't know if if this flies in the face of our discussion or adds to it, but I. I kind of remember there was a little bit of a distinction that either was made by like Kathleen Kennedy specifically or some sort of announcement of like how Disney or how Star Wars is going to be approached on Disney Plus. But they made this sort of like drew drew this line in the sand that said there won't be movies that are exclusive for Disney Plus. And I remember at the time the vibe around that was like, Oh, thank God! They're gonna they're gonna do the movies in the theaters. It's gonna be awesome. And then Disney right. Plus is yeah. gonna exist for these TV that. shows. And yeah. now, I'm sorry, I bumped my microphone. And and now I'm I am sort of feeling like you know what I like. I'm not gonna argue against getting the the movie released in the theater. I like that. We've obviously talked a lot about the experience of being in a group of people and all cheering at the Star Wars logo as it pops up on the screen. But I'm also kind of wondering like. Hey man, you know what would have been awesome too? The Book of Boba Fett movie instead of a six, a seven part series. I almost mm-hmm. would have been okay if you said, you know what else we're doing? Uh, at the end of Mandalorian, he comes out, he he shoots, you know, and takes the throne. You know, they kind of do that whole thing, and then that's the announcement that they're doing a two hour book Book of Boba Fett movie for Disney Plus exclusive. I would have been like. It would have been called something different, probably. No, no, I but, get yeah. that. I get that. But I'm my point being like, hey, Boba Fett has some other stories we want to tell, and uh, you know, we don't we don't feel like there's a, a lot there for a whole series or anything crazy yeah. like that. But I can tell you what, we could we we tell this story in two hours, and anytime any one of the Bo- uh, Boba Fett fans want to go back to it, it has rewatchability, digestibility. You can pop it on two hours of Boba Fett, you know, killing people and riding rancors like, and it, and it, and it theoretically could have had better visual effects. Cause they didn't have to pay people f- to be on screen for three times as long yeah. or whatever. I don't know, man. Now, I mean, are you saying just that or cause no, you had a couple of weeks ago brought up an alternative It'd be like, here's the series version. Here's the movie version. I, My I only, issue with that would be fans arguing over well that wasn't didn't make it to the movie version so that's not as canon or something yeah you know no, I, yeah i i'm that's a different argument altogether i i'm saying yeah. i i almost feel at this point now because we're getting so much the mandalorian the book of boba fett kenobi are so much content that i almost would feel relieved if they just said hey we're gonna do um, this story about this character in this time frame, like the acolyte, for instance. Great, I'm sure I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be a cool show. But if they just yeah. said, "Hey, we're doing the acolyte. It's about a dark side, uh, user or or someone who's hunting dark side artifacts or something like that." Yeah. It's not yeah. going to the theaters, but it's gonna be a, a movie set in the Star Wars universe. It's two hours long. I mean, we're we're watching Netflix movies all the time. They're just like, they're random. They're about like, um, you know, like 
this car chase gang or something like that. It's like, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy and epic. It can be crazy and epic within its own singular one story. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I would be okay with a Disney plus released movie. Um, I'd also, I wouldn't shy at it being in a theater, but I'm saying like, I don't know, man. If you want like a one-off, cut, you're saying like yeah. do that. If you yeah, want to yeah. cut I, I, the stories down yeah. or something, like had they presented Book of Boba Fett as not a series but a one-time Boba Fett movie that's a two-hour story and it still was the same story, just yeah. like this, I feel like fans would have been like, oh, you know, it wasn't in the theaters. Like, does that automatically make it less cool because it was a it was a shorter run but not released in theaters? I'm like, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> or if they if they felt like, man, we can we can probably cut this down to two thirty, but we'd really be cutting out a lot of stuff to make that happen. Do part one and part two then. Just do two movies. Yeah. Pop them out one 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 week. The next one three months later or something. Like, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Let let people hang I, on I it think, a little for three months instead of the, I don't the think, seven weeks thing. I don't think anything is... I I, I don't know, because I, I don't have friends inside the, the sacred walls. However, I, I, I can imagine there's not things that are just like, no, that's off limits. I, I think they're at the point now where they're like, we need ideas and we gotta, like, we're open to figuring out what this is, because this is still very young. This Please... Is, Please put in the comments, like, if you if you think there's an idea that we didn't talk about or if, like, yeah. one of these are like, oh, shoot, yeah, I absolutely would welcome a two-hour one-off thing just for Disney+, Plus, yeah, like, like a movie. Say, say they bring back a saga-style thing for Rey. I'm not saying it has to be episode called episode 10 or anything, but say there's, like, we have a new five. There's a new five movie series coming out to continue the adventures after episode nine with Ray and the gang and a new enemy. There's an older Ezra. Grogu's there. Like, holy cow, that's a big thing. That could be the theater stuff. Mm-hmm. Then, like you're saying, what if there's a Cobb Vanth Western story to tell in a movie? Bang, Disney Plus. It doesn't have to be a TV show. Just I want to watch the Cobb Vanth movie set in the Star Wars universe. Fistful of dollars, but with Cobb Vanth. Yeah, and it's just him and his one thing, and it doesn't have to connect to anything else. It's just like a side story. And people could be like, hey, man, like, I don't even watch... You don't even have to watch Star Wars. You don't have to watch Mandalorian. It doesn't connect to anything. Put in Cobb Vanth and the vengeance of uh, the High Noon or whatever, and you're going to have a fun time just watching Timothy Oliphant, you know, kill do his thing. These, these intruders of his town, yeah. or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that, man. Like that would be and, so know, cool. We'd enjoy it. We'd bring it up every once in a while, revisit it, rewatch it. Yeah. Cause and it's you know easy what, to man? rewatch instead of a six part series. Yes. We're getting yeah, long. Cause I'm not, now. I'm not, <laughs> too, I'm not turning on, you know, part chapter four of book of boba fett it's just not happening or part three whatever or chapter three but and you know what Cobb vanth has to say to kathleen kennedy think it through i <laughs> <laughs> oh, man well i think we cover most of it i yeah. know we're probably up against time we'll have to obviously revisit it when Lacey's back because i know she's really uh gunning for your know, return of ray and and all them in the future too so 
Um, certainly something we'll have to revisit as more comes out. But uh, that does take us towards the end of the show here. So uh, before we get out of here, again, hit up Lacey at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. But we got to thank our patrons, uh, especially our generals and spice runners uh, obviously if you want to support the show patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tiers are starting at just two dollars a month we are working behind the scenes on some ideas for the future of our patreon we'll keep you posted on that but if you want access to all of our bonus content or if you just want to support what we do uh either way there's a lot of cool stuff there we even have a chat at our tier three and above a discord server uh it's like the old days like pre the last Jedi battles, everyone gets along really well. It's a really good time. And we have a lot of different channels and stuff like James. We have a channel on just toys in there. Like the, we like, have a dad joke channel. It's, crazy. it's like, it's like an old aim group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tiers start at just $2 a month. We appreciate any and all support. And as you climb the ranks, there's uh, more perks and benefits, including if you're a general or spice runner, you can be featured on the show. We do monthly live calls. A lot of cool stuff, uh, but a shout out to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Ronde, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilk, and Val Trichkoff, and Spice Runners, David Provis, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, great pod race Monday, buddy. Yeah. Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you, and thank all of our patrons for all your support. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com is where you want to go for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me there writing and editing. And of course, uh, on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, going to be taking a bit of a break uh, today. I'm actually heading to Pennsylvania to hang out with my co-host, Mike. Uh, we've been best friends for quite a long time. So we're taking a little hiatus from the pod uh, to actually spend time together. So we may post stuff on social media or something like that, but we'll pick you guys back up with that in a few weeks that we're going to do uh, Dirty Harry. But anyway, enough from me. James, how about you, buddy? Um, Twitter and Instagram uh, are places that I post things to sometimes, uh, both mm-hmm. using the handle at Myra Trunks. That is true. That is absolutely true. Um, are you excited? By the way, we haven't really talked about it much. Are you are you fired up for Bad Batch yet, or are you not there yet? You want to get to Andor first? I don't know, man. Bad Bad Batch to me, I you know I saw someone recently. They were like, "This is this is what I'm the most hyped for," and Bad Batch was at the bottom of that list. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, like I could kind of understand that." What is the reasoning? And the reasoning was it was too long. And I, I fully agree with that, man. It's season one was 16 episodes and I'm like, that's, that crosses four months, if not five months, man. Yeah. I'm like five months of reviewing that show. That's crazy. Um, so to me, like in some ways, when I think about the bad batch, it kind of stresses me out to think like, how are we going to do that how are we going to handle that and i know it's me and i've kind of talked about bringing in um uh with you guys i haven't really announced this on the show or anything like that but i was kind of thinking about doing it with a friend kind of my own mic if you will to kind of um you know chat with that chat with that person about it you know so we'll we'll see we'll see what it, how it goes but i'm thinking this is also dropping somewhere in the time of like 
might be just right after Andor finishes or something. So it's like oh yeah, my November gosh. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, and that that may lead right into Mando, Mando. three. Yeah. You no, know, it'll probably be still you know going it, on. Before you know it, we're in London. Well, if, so. if Bad Batch drops in November, then it will be all of November, all of December, all of January, and all of February. And then Mando starts in February. Oh, yeah, so. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're like, guys, just end the show. All right, we will. <laughs> yeah. uh, we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Uh, Lacey will return. Uh, the Return of the Jedi. She will be back on Monday. Uh, so um, we will see her then but we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next time with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids